Tree Talking Time is brought to you by Conkeys Outdoors. Get all your hound hunting needs at Conkeys.com. Welcome to Tree Talking Time, where we talk all things tree dogs. From the smallest fights to the largest hounds, drink squirrels to bears and everything in between. And from time to time, we might even run a little fast game. I want to hear how the start of your season was also, also for the Lycans. Yeah, we've got a lot of catching up to do just in, with about the Lycans in general. Because yeah. when I when we recorded our first interview, mm-hmm. you were in your first kill season. See, you have two kill seasons to talk about. Well, yeah, I killed one bear in the prior season, and I was going on the second, technically would be considered second season of us actually trained bears. Yeah. But the first season, we only got one. Yeah. Because I couldn't find anyone else to, to convince <laughs> that it can be done. So people just, I used my tag and that was it. Yeah. Back then I didn't even realize that I can go to other states. Mm-hmm. But you've done a lot of traveling since then. Oh, yeah. yeah. How many states have you hunted? Bear hunting? Yeah. Um, Virginia, West Virginia, North Carolina, Tennessee. That's it. Okay. That's still quite a few. Yeah. I want. I, I could go to Kentucky, but because they just opened up the season for non-residents with dogs. Okay. But the truth is, like all the states around here, they have the de- December mm-hmm. general season, which December I clearly just for the convenience of it, I stay in Virginia. Mm-hmm. But the early seasons, um, it's it's as almost as if all the game commissions and and. Uh, natural resource departments, whatever, kind of coordinated that the early seasons don't overlap. Okay. So there'll be one in West Virginia, real early September. Mm-hmm. Then there'll be another one in October. Then November is North Carolina in the mountains, if I'm not mistaken. But anyway, so like every month throughout the fall, mm-hmm. I can find an early season somewhere. Yeah. And then Virginia has its own early season, which... Did they have an early season this year? In the southern part. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I so, thought some of that was taken. I, I knew some of that was taken away. Yeah. Yep. But well, you do a fair amount of traveling because, you know, even even locally. Well, you, you I showed you what, that. An hour? Yeah, I showed you that little map that I have on Onyx where yeah. I mark the, all the bears with tree and or kill. And I color code them for mm-hmm. like every season, every year, different color. Of the waypoint thingy, and that way I know that okay, I took like two, three, four bears out of this county, out of this section of national forest. That way mm-hmm. I know that I'm going to leave this alone for the next few years, and I go to some other place. Mm-hmm. But you're not afraid to go somewhere you've never been, which I just think this says a lot about you. You know, a lot of guys don't do that. So, well, I guess truthfully, truth be told, um, I, I kind of, I still feel that I'm sort of. How should I put it? I was, I kind of invited myself into this hound hunting or bear <laughs> hunting community thing, culture here yeah. in the United States. And as, as such as being a guest, uh, I need to somewhat respect the people that have been here before me. So if I stayed in the same area and, you know, continued to hunt, at some point people would start saying, well, you know, we've been here before you and look what you're doing now. So I try not to put too much pressure on the same on one spot, on one area, and that's that's one of the reasons I I just try to avoid uh, controversy or drama, 
And that's why I go to a new place all the time. And it's sort of a challenge in itself. Like, f- use Onyx, find some, uh, not necessarily national forest, but public land. Typically ends up being national forest. Yeah. <coughs> Make sure the season is in. Um, it gets confusing to you, of course. So, like, people would be asking me, hey, like, how, like, earlier today, just not, not long ago, Eric said, well, tell us about the early, how the, the earlier part of this season went. Yeah. And I'm like, man, I, <laughs> where did I go? So, <laughs> yeah, you have trouble remembering. Yeah, all. yeah. That's funny. But, uh, yeah, it's it gets, because the, the regulations are slightly different. Like, North Carolina is probably the most confusing, because public land has only, like, two short segments of three days each. Okay. Saturday, Monday, Tuesday. You can I guess you cannot hunt there on Sundays mm-hmm. with dogs on public so just all kinds of weird stuff. So to yeah. try to keep track of it is, is hard, but uh, yeah, I have all the PDFs of all the regulations saved in my phone. There you go. So I al- always open them up and check and make sure. And still, every now and again, I'd be like, okay, I think I'm going to go, well, not every now occasionally it happens where I'm like, someone would ask me, hey, where are you going next week? And I'm like, I'm going to North Carolina to the swamp. And then, so the, the person would be like, hold on a second. You can't go there next week. It's the following week. Okay. Oh, what was I thinking? So it's so just too much information to keep in mind. Oh, keep yeah, definitely. Yeah, at all times. It's hard to keep one state, one area straight, right. yeah. yet alone multiple. So, But, again, it's I guess part of it is I try to avoid the drama and, and pissing off people, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, I understand. Just don't like the tension. <laughs> confrontational but anyways that's it but this week's been a pretty cool week i know eric came over from sweden so for the listeners we've got eric who was on episode what'd you say 66 66 yep and then alex was on episode like three yeah it was like you were real early on so we're talking about like is you know if you guys have had a pretty epic week well Alex has a, has an epic season every year, you know, because he goes all out every year. I don't. Do you have a job? I mean, I I really have to wonder. Yeah, no, I wonder. My <laughs> I actually have at least two thinking about starting the third one. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, I don't want to go into that. That's because that's not fun. Yeah, that part's not fun. Well, whatever you do, it allows you to have a lot of fun. <laughs> Let's just put it this way. I, I do pay taxes. So that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's what matters. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, how, you know, you guys had a pretty crazy week. Uh, I know, Eric, you, you, how long was the flight over? Yeah. So I started traveling on Thursday, the last of November. Went, drive, drove in Sweden for four hours to get closer to the airport. And then the airport took off at like, 8 a.m. on the Friday morning. Mm-hmm. Then I went to Denmark, changed plane there, and then we flew to Dulles uh, IID. Yeah, Washington, D.C. Washington, D.C. airport. Uh, and that plane-wise, it was 12 hours in total from Stockholm to land in Washington. Jeez. And then, like, a day before, Alex said it was like, well... My first idea was I'm going to travel on Friday and then I'm going to sleep somewhere close by where Alex was for Saturday and Sunday to 
not get jet lagged and not get too tired. And yeah. Alex was like, yeah, we changed the plans, but we're going down <laughs> to Tennessee. So we're going to hunt next morning. Yeah, we're going to hunt Saturday morning. So I landed, got through customs, which took an hour or so. Yeah, not too bad. It wasn't too bad, actually. And then we drove for seven hours south. Straight from Washington, to Tennessee. Straight down in Tennessee. Found a hotel or motel or what you want to call it. Slept for three and a half hours. <laughs> Went to a Waffle House. I think that was the best experience, though. Yeah, that Waffle House was nice. Mm -hmm. <laughs> then, then drove up into the mountains in Tennessee. Met up with a guy called Tony on the way. Yeah. And let the dogs out. And that's when things went crazy. <laughs> yeah, that's when things started to take off, I think. Yeah, so. I don't know. We could probably go, like, step by step through each hunt, but... I don't know if it's, it's going to get too boring because <laughs> we had a lot of action going on. I think we can do step by step on well, at, at least, least the two bears I got. Yeah, I, I like the, those the two bears you got this week. Okay. Yeah, so on Saturday we went mountains in Tennessee. I think the first hour or hour and a half were kind of quiet and then they struck a bear that they started to chase. That yeah, just, I think Butch had jumped. Yeah, One Butch. of my females jumped it. Pushed it across the trail in front of us, wasn't it? Yeah. 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 And then that bear did not want to stop, so it kept going. And then at the end, only Sever was still chasing it. Yeah, all the dogs just quit. Because the mountains in Tennessee, for, for those that you guys never been to Tennessee, they those mountains are tough. <laughs> they're they're taller, all right, but it's not that it's just how steep they are. And mm -hmm. it's mountain laurels pretty much everywhere. Yeah. It's thick stuff. We have mountain laurels here in Virginia. We have some steep mountains, but over there, everything is like that steep yeah. and mountain laurels. And it's pretty bad when Alex is telling you it's tough. I mean, yeah. it's, it's real tough because yeah. Alex. Well, all my all my dogs except for one gave up on that bear. Yeah. They just quit and came back. Even the hound, because mm -hmm. I'm training a hound right now. And even he's like, yeah, no, I'm not going to chase that thing anymore because it's just up and down. <laughs> we lost, you know, Garmin lost connection with the collars. I had no, for a long time, we had no idea. Plus, the mountains that I don't know if the, I'm assuming they also call them hollers over there, but we're in the holler, but the walls are so steep on each side. Yeah. And then we hear some hounds or some dogs barking. It's like, is it coming this way? No, wait, it's coming this because the echo. Yeah. So confusing. So, and then we, we did hear some other people's hounds, and then we actually did see some some hound yeah. that came by. Um, he seemed lost. And by that time, we, <laughs> we actually... We were lost at that point. Yeah, and we weren't sure Sever <laughs> we actually no had idea. something because he was probably off Garmin for an hour. Yeah. And then he was just slowly moving his way back and we were like, yeah, he's probably lost that one. He's just trying to find us now. Yeah, he went across a couple mountain ridges and then came out. He kind of made a half circle and then he popped up again on Garmin. Okay. The, ma the male. I'm talking about the male that I have. And... Uh, started slowly making his way towards us although i don't think he knew where we were he was no, later no. on that we found out that he was still f chasing that bear yeah. following that bear because he was exhausted and uh so we're just like okay he's coming this way so we just decided to kind of rest some and just stay stay still for a little bit mm -hmm. and then what happened yeah well then we had tumbling coming down the mountainside when sever was still maybe three yeah and i look at the garment and the, the male is 300 plus yards and something is in the in the laurels coming down towards the trail <clears throat> and then he passed us I don't know 150 yards away and then 
as the bear goes by with the like as they use both sense and sound and yeah so that. we had while we were standing there on that trail we had polka the little female that uh, tony owns yeah. the guy that lives there in tennessee so she went after that and she started barking okay and i was like yep that's a bear and at all oh, th- at that point everything came i understood what was happening because yeah. initially I, I, I was like i didn't know maybe they were chasing a coyote maybe yeah. they were chasing whatever um but when Polka started barking, and you could tell she was barking, really excited, mm-hmm. and so yeah. And then we start making it over there, and we get within, I would say, two hundred yards, and then it's just, from my point of view, that cliffside is like you don't go up that cliffside. <laughs> yeah. And Alex was like, "Here, here's the gun. If the bear is a good size, bigger than Sever, the male, <laughs> then you shoot it." And I was like, I, I can barely see my hand if I straight it forward because it's just thick amount of roll. Yeah. So I grab the gun and I start basically going on all my force. That's the only way to get uphill, actually. And I get within, because I don't have a Garmin, so I can only go by the sound of the dogs. So wh- that, hold on, I'm going to interrupt. Yeah. Uh, what, what what Eric uh, did mention was that we were that w- once Polka got on that bear, then another female of mine got joined and they started working that bear, he still refused to climb. Mm-hmm. He was fighting on the ground for a couple... We, we kept... Fortunately for us, they were going parallel to a trail. Okay. Going up, steep, but still. And we still couldn't see him. And they were just slowly pushing, pushing, and bear fighting. And there's all kinds of sounds that, you know, that you don't want to hear. So when we got... Finally, the bear stopped. That's when I told Eric, I said, we're not because if we we're all, all of us to try to go in through that thicket, the bear is probably going to spook and run. Yeah, I said, "Here's the gun. If the bear is legal, take him." And so I sent him in <laughs> by himself. And bear in mind, this is after I traveled for over twenty four hours, slept for three and a half hours. I have not seen a black bear in my life before. <laughs> I have, yeah. So then I just keep crawling upwards, and when I get to within. 10 yards i would say then we also had a young Blood pup not a pl- the like pup oh yeah oh yeah yeah that's little. Yeah, so little. we had a six month old like with us that first well he decided to follow me in <laughs> so when i'm at 10 yards he uns- runs forward and starts barking at the uh, the bear as well and then i realized like this is very close because then I, at that point i see the tail on the pup barking so then i move forward another three four yards and then i see three of the five dogs because mm-hmm. at the, that point I know all Alex three like us and Tony's pup and Tony's polka is barking so I, I need to locate the bear and I need to locate five dogs before I can get a safe shot of mm-hmm. so I get to like maybe five six yards and I, then I, at that point I actually see the bear it's on the ground with three dogs on my side so I have three dogs towards me and the bear is on the other side of the dogs. Yeah. So at that time I feel kind of like the bear has to go through the dogs to get closer to me. So then I take two, three more steps forward and then I see the other two dogs. And then I'm just, what felt like five minutes in reality is probably yeah. 20 seconds. I'm just waiting to get a clear shot. And then one of the older females, I'm still not sure to date this, if it was Butcha or Kuma that moves a little bit forward to the bear and then the bear tries to grab the dog so then all dogs jump two three feet backwards and then yeah. i take the uh, take a good shot mm-hmm. and now, the bear drops uh, basically on the shot yeah now 
you, you're kind of used to that style of hunting because you hunt wild boar with your Lycus, right? Yeah, so like looking back at it, even now we're going to get to my second bear in Virginia in a bit, but a shot like that, I felt more comfortable taking that than the one I did in Virginia when it was treed. Yeah. Because I'm used to hunting bait game in thickets. Now the terrain, when it goes that steep up, I'm not used to that, but like thick laurels, it wouldn't be laurels in Sweden, it would be like thick spruce trees and like yeah. growing forest that's very thick. Or even when you're towards lakes, it would be willows willows and whatnot. Uh, so in in the moment with all the adrenaline and dogs going around, like I didn't really think I just acted. Yeah. But yeah, so. Well, I'm just saying like for most guys or would not be confident to take that shot. Yeah. And it says a lot about Alex, like, to hand you a gun like most guys would not be like here go shoot that bait bear with my dogs right around it a lot of guys are a lot more nervous about that because because most people aren't confident in that kind of moment so well yeah i didn't really know exactly what well that that bear it's hard to explain because there wasn't just one uh, thing that went through my mind but just the fact that eric kind of felt he acted confident enough. Yeah. And I, 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 I kind of thought that I could trust him. Plus the forty-five seventy, you know, <laughs> that thing, <laughs> just hit him anywhere and it's dead. No, I'm just saying it says a lot because, like I said, uh, you know, most people aren't confident taking that kind of shot. So going into that kind of situation, especially the first time you've ever seen a black bear. Yeah. That was amazing. That, like, really. Surprisingly, the dogs didn't get hurt. That much. There are a couple tiny bite marks here and there, but mm-hmm. all and all's well that ends well. Yeah. So yeah, like, well, the only th- the most thing that went through my mind just before I was taking the shot would be, are all the dogs safe? Yeah. Like I didn't have time to think about, oh, it's a bear, it's, it can be dangerous for me or anything like that. The only thing that went through my mind was like, I need a clear, safe shot when the, all dogs are mm-hmm. safely away from the bear. Yeah, but as you said, like uh, huge respect for Alex for trusting me enough to let me go in, and like yeah, there was an amazing start for a hunting trip to America. Yeah. That's for sure. Yeah, and then I got to experience my first pack out, <laughs> which yeah. is something I think everyone should experience once in a while. There was something, and the thing is, where we parked the cars in the morning. Every, all our hiking was basically downhill. Before they struck, yes. Before we After struck. After the bear was on the ground, we had to go back yeah, up. Yeah, so when the bear was on the ground, <laughs> it was a bit climbing. But basically when we did a pack out, it was all uphill. Oof. Mm. And uh, that felt waking up the next day. Yeah. But the by the, would you say by the end of this trip... Your legs and your body is more of a mountain shape. Do you yeah, think? yeah, I think I'm. Yeah, so it's <laughs> it become it really doesn't take much. You get used to it fairly quickly. Yeah, if you yeah. do it every day. The thing is, oh, I'm still, sure. The still thing, I, the one thing I still can't get used to is like the amount of rocks and leaves on the ground. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because we wouldn't have that much leaf trees that yeah. you have here, or at least in Tennessee and Virginia, like we would have a lot more spruce and pine only. Yeah. So like walking on slippery leaves and rocks. The uh, scariest one, and I think it was Fred Bear that said it. Although you know, nowadays you can't really trust the internet because they'll put a picture <laughs> with some motivational quote or something, and, and then they would say that this person said it. Who yeah, knows? 
Anyways, uh, someone said that if you, if when you're while hunting or hiking in the woods, if you can step over something, step over it, don't step on it. Mm-hmm. So I think that's the main, that's the rule that I've been following and it made, it saved my, you know, saved my, my limbs and legs many times because <laughs> sometimes you step, the worst one is the stick that's laying, um, kind of under, perhaps covered with leaves and you're sight healing and there'll yeah. be a stick and you step on it and your food just slides down on that stick down, downhill. Yeah, no, I, I know all one. about it. Yeah. I experienced that a couple times yesterday. Oh, did you? Yeah. <laughs> I, cu- I couldn't stay on my feet yesterday. Yeah, yeah. so if, whenever you see something, same with rocks or fallen logs, and, and also when you're approaching a tree with a bear, especially if it's just one dog or two dogs like we had yesterday, mm-hmm. um, if you step over stuff instead of stepping on, you'll make less noise so yeah. that you know branches won't snap and, su- and such. But also it won't crack and, and you, you won't s- lose balance and, and so on. So whenever it's possible, that's that's the rule I've been following, and it's been great. Yeah, <laughs> it's just step over it if you can. Definitely. Yeah. So that was that was last Saturday. Yep, that was last Saturday. So first day of hunting in. And then Sunday, you guys hunted Tennessee again, right? Yeah, and then we got another one. Yeah, that one was easy. We just hiked up and buried. oh, actually, I hope I'm not giving away too much information, but there's the, we picked this road on the mountain. Um, and we started hiking, and we get to a spot where, I guess, the main road where, where people use most of their cars that's somewhat in a maintained condition. Yeah. Where it, hits, it ends up at a creek, and then beyond that, it becomes really rocky and whatnot. Yeah. Um, there's a sign on the tree saying something like, um, uh, aggressive bear behavior in the area. Please <laughs> do not know camping and, and so on. And I'm like, yep, that's the place we want to be in. <laughs> there you go. And then we went another half mile or so, and then they struck and tree within a couple hundred yards. That one was really easy. In fact, uh, we got in. There was again, again there was a trail. We, we used the trail to get a little closer. We saw the bear. It came out, treed again, twenty yards or so, and then Tony went in and, and took it. Nice. Yeah. And those bears just like. Simply, I guess, simply because it's a little further south. We're talking mountains, steep mountains, but warmer mm-hmm. climate, I'm assuming, would be fair to say. Uh, they seem to be, on average, bigger than what we have in the mountains here in Virginia. Okay. Just simply, I guess, because it's a little further south, maybe they have mm-hmm. uh, more comfortable conditions, living for, you know, more food yeah, throughout the year. So, yeah, it's kind of nice because we don't, very seldom we get to, on, on, public land we get to tree some as bears as nice as down there mm-hmm. so yeah it's worth to travel there you go <laughs> and what humbling alex is not telling now is that that's the first time we hit those mountains or he hit those mountains as well yeah so it was completely unhunted ground for alex and his dogs as yeah, well but we have onyx so i can't really take any credit <laughs> for that. well i would say everyone has access to onyx doesn't mean everyone can go to a new state and well, get be. two bears in two days but yeah. Anyways, back to Virginia. <laughs> yeah, so then we traveled from Tennessee to Virginia. We take Monday off, which is actually the opening day in mm-hmm. Virginia. But as we had success felt, in Tennessee. Yeah, felt so weird. Everyone on Facebook <laughs> posting pictures, yeah. like, oh, going out, opening day, and we're letting the dogs rest. Yeah. But I think that was the correct. Yeah, of course. We needed dogs move. to recover. And yeah. I'm I'm at least gonna say it. I needed a day off as well. 
Alex might not say he needed one day off, but I definitely needed one well, day off. Clearly, by by the sound of my voice, you can tell that I needed <laughs> <laughs> I needed more rest than I ended up getting. Yeah. So, so then it's Tuesday. On Tuesday we hike, and we hike a lot, and we treat a small one. Oh yeah. That we treat in free. Yeah. It, it was. Yeah. yeah. And then we find a bigger one yeah. that we, we did. I don't know. I don't remember how many miles we did. Twenty miles. We did twenty miles that yeah. day. And so the dogs did. Yeah. The hound. I know the hound did forty, or forty-one miles. A I remember you posting that on your story yeah, yeah. the other day? Yeah. And then the Lycus did. One of them did thirty-six or something. So they were exhausted. Yeah. And then in the end of that day, they get on a nice bear. Yeah. I mean, of course, when it's on the ground, not that far from, because we got to see it for a split second. It looked pretty nice. But the, the dogs pushed it, and, and they just got exhausted, and they gave up eventually. Gotcha. So they pushed it for a while. Right? Oh, they pushed it for like one and a half yeah. miles before yeah. they came back. If we could jump in the truck and drive around real quick, and yeah, that may have been a different story, but there's... There were no roads there. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. That was not an option, fortunately. Yeah, so we did we did full day of hike on Tuesday. Yeah. Like, I work with walking back home mm-hmm. i thought i was in good shape <laughs> well i technique i guess i am in okay shape at least by now i think but like my body was hurting in places <laughs> it shouldn't hurt yeah. uh, and i think we were going back to the car and alex says it's four miles left to the car and by now when i've hunted in virginia and tennessee mountains for a few more days i know four miles on a garmin unit is not four miles walking. Yeah. There was like eight or nine <laughs> miles walking. Yeah, and, and I, I know tend that like to, I, and I also I, I have to admit that I tend to uh, slightly, uh, what's the word? Uh, I'm trying to motivate people by telling them it's less <laughs> than it actually is. So Because if I told them it's 20 miles to a truck, he'll just lay down and cry. <laughs> and you tell them, oh, it's only a couple more miles, let's go. Off we go and I figured that out on day one, though. Yeah. <laughs> but I still like the gesture. But <laughs> yeah. So then on Wednesday, we decided to only take two of your dogs, Alex. Yeah, because the dogs were not getting rest. So we picked the two that were in a decent shape still. Mm-hmm. Well, kind of, they decided themselves, right? Because yeah, yeah, exactly. The other yeah. dogs didn't want to leave the kennel. Yeah, I opened the, the kennel and only two came out. And the rest was like, nope, we're not there coming out. They were exhausted. So then we hit the new trail in Virginia yeah. and we get about a mile in I think and then they start cold trailing for yeah. about a mile yeah. and then well, we, we think they cold trail for about a mile and then they're gonna they yeah. then they jump the bear yeah and see it's always difficult to know exactly what they're doing because they're quiet on track yeah. so whether they're they jumped it or, or they're still cold trailing it's hard to tell because they're not barking yeah <coughs> so but anyways, yeah, they eventually tree that bear. And we have to hike around the mountain to get in area or get in distance. Yeah. And that was one of the most emotional roller coaster I had on this hunt because we get it within hundred yards. Both Kuma and Sever is doing a fantastic job with the tree. And we see the bear on I think hundred yards ish away. And from that distance, it looked like oh, a nice size. It bear. looked huge. Yeah, like <laughs> I mean, it was just ginormous. Alex was like, "Oh, we need to get there now, and we need to take this bear. This is a nice size bear." And then we realized that well, we can't get there because the terrain is so steep. So we need to. And the bear was already 
trying to come down the tree. Yeah. So yeah, he was getting he, nervous. He, he, he was jumpy with two bear or only two dogs on him. Yeah. Uh, so we decided to hike up the hill a bit further away, and then what would you call it? Like side hilling. Yeah, I usually try to elevation. try to get about the same elevation, find a game trail, and mm-hmm. you follow that game trail. So instead of coming down or from down, you know, coming up from down below, I would give it some some distance and go up to the same level, find a game trail, and slowly, quietly try to approach. Yeah. Especially in the morning when thermals are pushing up. Uh, that way, if you're on the same level, your scent is going up. So the bear at least not going to smell you. Mm-hmm. Uh, he'll still, he will, he will still see you before you get to see him. Yeah. That's the whole point of bear being in it. Just like deer hunting out of a tree stand. We get up there in the tree stand because... Not to get completely sidetracked, but when I started <laughs> deer hunting, I was hunting out of a ground blind. Yeah. Because it was just easier. To, and so I didn't see, I missed out on so much fun because you can you can only see this much out of a ground blind. Oh, yeah, you can't. Uh, you, your view yeah. is way more limited than. Yeah, you get up in a tree and you get to see all kinds of fun stuff going on in the woods. So, but so same thing here. It'll still see you before you see it, before you, you see him, typically. Yeah, and then after this five minutes of going straight up and then we find a good game trail on the same elevation and at that time we're i think we're 80 yards yeah. away and then the bird crawls up like in a y fork of a oak yeah. tree so mm-hmm. then it looks like a almost we, looks like a cub we're gonna have to free this this is a small size bear yeah and then we move 30 yards more and then he climbs he saw, up. Yeah, he sees us and he's, he goes up a little bit and he's moving and now he looks big again. <laughs> and I'm like, what's going on? I swear, for s- at some point I thought we were looking at two different trees, two different bear. Yeah. That's how confusing it was. Because like, is that a mother and a cub situation? Because I just saw a big one and then just like Eric said, it kind of uh, sat down in a little, uh, yeah. like a, cra- a fork. fork, yeah. It looked small. And then it goes up again. I'm like, is that two different trees we're looking, two different bears we're looking at? No, it was the same bear. So at that time, I asked Alex if he's like, like we need to make sure that we didn't see a, a mother and a, or a, yeah. that it was a cub and a bigger one. So then we actually get to the tree and we take the re- take a longer time to oh, yeah. assess the size of the bear and we take pictures. And at, at that time, we're, 20, 15 yards away from the tree. And then the bear just, and Alex said this is the first time he sees, and the bear just lays down on a... Like a squirrel would. Yeah. Okay. And plays flat. Laid flat. Yeah. To the point where, and he actually laid his head down like he was falling asleep or t- playing dead. Mm-hmm. And at some point, the dogs went quiet. Because <laughs> they like, okay, because well, you, you've seen it yesterday when the bear was killed and yeah. it, w- it was dead, dead. The dogs stopped barking. Like, okay, oh, well, yeah. what's the point? I'm pretty sure that's what b- that bear was doing. <laughs> it was tricking those dogs to just leave leave now. Just yeah. getting comfortable. And that's sh- so then we decided it's a good No, like, it definitely was a uh, decent bear. Yeah, yeah, and it was a good sized boar yeah. once we got it down. But like that shot I was so much more worried about because the bear was laying flat. Yeah. I had in my eyes I had way too much time to think. <laughs> where should I shoot? How? Where? Sh- which tree should I lean on? Mm. Is this gonna be a good shot? Is this gonna be a bad shot? Like a shot like that was a lot more struggle for me than the one I did in Tennessee on bait because that on the ground with the bait, like you don't have any time to like overthink anything. You just yeah. have to act as soon as you have an opening. You need to take it. Yeah. 
But it, it ended up good, and mm. we got that down as well. Nice. Yep, and then we went out a couple more times. I don't even remember exactly. What you got Thursday? Maybe, probably. No, we rested Thursday, and then we went down out Friday, okay. and then yeah. we went out Saturday. Because Friday's when you got the uh, bobcat. Yeah, Friday we got the bobcat. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was cool, too. And you guys killed a bear on Friday, too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that one didn't go as planned. We had a guy that wanted wanted to shoot a bear. Came out with us, never been bear hunting before. And so <clears throat> Sever goes off at first light, let the dogs out. Sever immediately goes off and trees something. I'm like, okay, well, this is going to be a quick hunt. Yeah. We get there, and it's a cat. And I've been trying to get a bobcat with my dogs and... Um, well, I think two years ago we talked about it. Yeah. And you were saying, "I'm gonna, this winter. I'm going to try and go you know, Man, do some bobcat hunting." Like in January, February, I would be out there all day looking for tracks. If there's any snow on the ground, I'd be out there looking. And we spent so much time; it's 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 insane. And still, never. I mean, we treed a few. Every time I would try to get to a tree, it would jump. Yeah, you know, run for half a mile or so, whatever, and then tree again. And then, at some point, it would either jump a creek. I, I, we may have talked about it back then, but it doesn't matter. But so we never, I could never see the actual cat. I saw the, the prints in the snow where it jumped out and all that. Yeah. To the point where I knew now whenever my older dogs were on a cat, yeah, I would just tone them. Because okay. like, we're here bear hunting. I don't want you to, to exhaust yourselves chasing that cat that you're never going to catch anyways. Or if you do, when I get there, the cat's going to bail again. Let's not waste time. As soon as I see that pattern, I would tone them. Yeah. And eventually, they stopped chasing cats, and okay. I gave up on it altogether. But now I have this new male <laughs> that never been through this. And he's like, ooh, that smells interesting. Let me go and see if I can catch it. So he did. Nice. Um, but because I was so excited, I, I asked the, the guy that was there bear hunting with us. He was the, the hunter for the day. I said, hey, do you mind if I take it? And so he's like, yeah, no problem. So... We take I take the cat, we go back to the truck, put it on ice. No, 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 stop here. What listeners can't see now is Alex's smile is still ear <laughs> to ear now when yeah. it's a few days yeah. ago. Alex got so happy. And that was so fun to see that he has to experience something new because everything for this trip for me has been brand new. Yeah. But it was so fun to see Alex experience something that he's been striving for mm -hmm. for so long. No, like seriously. Uh, you're not lying. Yesterday's bear was number 50 for this season, treed. And I would trade all those 50 bears for another cat. Like, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm telling you, I just, I'm fascinated by cats. That's a pretty cat, too. Yeah. I don't know if we'll ever treat another one, but we'll try. I'll, I'm, I'm, again, I'm, I'm going to try again. There you go. With a male. Conkey's Outdoors is proud to be a sponsor of Tree Talking Time. Family, hunting, tradition is the Conkey's motto. They understand the importance of passing down the tradition of hound hunting. They are a family-owned business that treats you like family. They also understand the importance of having the gear you need when you need it. Conkeys carries everything for your next hunt, and it ships to your door quick. They also offer great warranties on all tracking systems and financing options. Check them out at conkeys.com. You can also use the code TREETALKINGTIME5 in all caps to save as well. And then, yeah, we, we continued hunting. The dogs got on the bear. A smaller boar, again, mean, legal but mean one. Got As we approached, he got out, started fighting the dogs. And then we had another houndsman with us, with young hounds yeah. in training, a friend of mine. He just wanted to tag along and get his dogs expo exposed to some bear yeah. action. 
he had a tag and he was he didn't have a gun but he had his 10 millimeter and when the bear came out in the thicket and his young hounds were there and they were all start fighting he just went in and he finished that bear yeah uh, so the shooter the hunter of that day <laughs> didn't get to to shoot his bear and uh yeah he saw me take the, the cat out with his <laughs> rifle so i kind of feel bad but uh, i'll take him hunting later this season yeah we'll get him a bear we'll get him one and then yesterday you know we've been talking since i you know we recorded that podcast about me coming down and doing some hunt with you and so yesterday i finally made we made it happen and i got down there and uh you had a friend and his 11 year old daughter got to yeah and, and to go and yeah i'm just gonna say it again i really appreciate all the guys that showed up yesterday mm-hmm. to help out with the pack out for that girl because i wasn't in no shape of carrying <laughs> i barely got myself off of that mountain yesterday but uh the guys helped with the meat and everything it was great they stayed up till three o'clock the whole family because i talked to victor yesterday they stayed up till three o'clock processing all the meat. Oh wow! And they <laughs> they ground some of it into burger. They cut up some better pieces. <clears throat> They're gonna do cook it later on, put it in the freezer. Mm-hmm. So they, they they were yeah they were so excited. That's awesome. <laughs> and the younger daughter, um, so the one that was the hunting yesterday, she's eleven. Uh, the younger daughter, I think she's nine. Um, she, uh, that's Victor telling me the the father of the girl that killed a bear yesterday this morning he was telling me they were eating that bear meat yesterday yeah. last night for dinner and the younger girl tasted it and says oh my god it tastes so good um and she's t- talking to her sister she says you need to go bear hunting again because it tastes so good <laughs> and she's like yep i will i will that's funny yeah they loved it that's awesome yeah now and she she handled herself like a pro and you know, it's it's awesome getting kids out there. That's yeah. for sure. And she, you could see she was excited. Now I, I wasn't there because it was sever the male treed that that bear by himself. And then when we got close, and this, my second dog got there, and so there were only two dogs under that tree. And I said, I told everyone, I said, we're just gonna let the girl and her father and you Ben to approach the tree, and we're gonna stay back so we don't we mm-hmm. you know decrease the chances of the bear getting spooked. So I didn't get to see that all that encounter. Do you see the bear? Was the bear getting nervous when he saw you? Uh, a little bit. It definitely moved around a little bit. Yeah, because it's only two dogs. And also, it took us a long time to get to that tree, so the bear was well-rested. Yeah. Which, you know, I feel lied to. Two years ago, we recorded this podcast. You're like, oh, yeah, my dogs, they hunt like 300 yards out. Dude. Well, yesterday, <laughs> we get out of truck. Well, first of all, you dumped me. You start roading them, which... You've never told me you rode. Look, dogs. I wasn't planning to, but I forgot they didn't drink anything, and I was hoping they'll find a puddle before we get to the top. That's the only reason I let them out so early. Well, we start hoping. roading them, and then we get to the top, and we park, and you're like, "Huh, I got one dog a mile that way, and one dog a mile the other way." Yeah, <laughs> let's wait here until we figure out what's going on. One of them's hopefully treed. Yeah. No, yeah, I, I don't really rode them. Um, well, maybe you should because that seemed to work well. Yeah. Yeah, maybe I will, you know, but, uh, but yeah, that's what happened. And, um, uh, we lost both dogs, like the Garmin yeah. the connection. And, but I knew, I trusted the male more than the female that went mile each way. So I, we decided to go towards the male and we went half a mile or so, finally picked him up on the Garmin and he was barking, he was treed and, uh, yeah. 
The rest was. Why do you trust him more being, especially with him being younger? Man, he's just stronger, much stronger. And I think, this is just my theory, with these dogs, primitive dogs, <clears throat> I think, and again, I might be wrong just because I don't have much experience, any experience with hounds, but uh, what, what do they call it? Pack structure mm -hmm. is a lot more important yeah. uh, with these dogs. So whomever is the alpha, you can typically t tell who the alpha is. And then all the roles within the pack are well-defined. So Sever now, he's over two years old, and he's strong, and he's powerful, and he's treeing bears by himself, left and right. But he's still not the alpha. One of my females, <laughs> Butcher, the one that was showing teeth yesterday at yeah. some point. I was upset with her. <clears throat> but we'll get to that in a second. Uh, we had a conversation with her afterwards. <laughs> but... Uh, but I think that's what's happening. He's trying to prove himself in, in, the, in the alpha and in, in everybody else around that he is capable, that he's worthy, and he's going to go and do it on his own. Just, you know, just to prove the the world that he that he can. Yeah. So I think there's some psychological stuff going on there. Do you think it's possible? Yeah, there? I think it's definitely possible that he he want to prove the pack that he's yeah. valuable. Yeah. Yeah. I so that's why I was like, yeah, I think <laughs> I would just, yeah. And then when we got there and we got the bear, we put, pulled, put him up on the ropes, started skinning him, and then we started seeing hounds coming <laughs> in, right? Yeah, we had what, five hounds? Yeah, five Six hounds, something? Yeah, yeah. Come into us. And that's when when, when they started coming in, Butcher, she, she wasn't too thrilled about all that. <laughs> no. And again, part of it was because Sever was next to the bear, and I tied her off a little further in the distance. Mm -hmm. And she was like, "Wait, I'm the alpha. How come he's over there? And what are all these dogs doing in between my bear and me?" Yeah. So with her, she was just like, and also another thing, with Eric and I were talking about because I was, I was on the brink of passing out. <laughs> yeah, you probably noticed it yesterday. Yeah, you were you were definitely exhausted. Yeah, she may have felt that I was weak. Mm -hmm. And she felt extra protective of me. Gotcha. I think that's why she was acting like that. Um, that's it. That's all. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, because yesterday was the first day for six days of hunting that I was in front of Alex on a trail more than two minutes. Yeah. Well, yesterday he's like, oh, you guys passed me. I'm, I'm good. I'm like, dude, I'm sucking wind keeping <laughs> up with you and you don't feel good. So <laughs> I'm good. I don't need to pass you. If you need a break, we can break. We can take a break. Yeah, and that guy, uh, Jacob, because we, we wait. The, what we do, we break down a bear, and then we put it in in bags, and then we weigh an empty pack of each hunter, and then we put the meat in the bag, and we weigh the full backpack. Yeah. And then we subtract and figure out what, how much the meat we got in it, and then we just edit it all up, and then how we yeah. know. And then we weigh the gut pile, so we know the exact weight of every bear we, we take. <laughs> so uh, Jacob, he put some meat in his pack, and he weighed, and it was like 20-some pounds. Yep. My pack empty. It was 20, 20 <laughs> pounds. So, yeah, it's bad, because I, I carry stuff in it. Yeah. Um, water. Well, he, he even said he's like, I carry the bear minimum. Yeah. But then again, his, his 10 millimeters on the chest, I think. Yeah. My 10 millimeters on the waist belt of a pack. Mm -hmm. So that adds to the weight. Uh, and then I carry pliers because we keep running into um, porcupines, and there's more and more porcupines oh, in geez. my area. And so I have to carry needle-nose pliers. So yeah. that stuff adds 
course, leashes and all that. You know, nothing really. I look through it all, and there's nothing really I can take out. Yeah, it's just what it is. What and it I also is. think your back itself. Yeah, is a back ha- itself. it's a heavier. Yeah, because yeah. when we packed out the one on Sunday in Tennessee, you were carrying like ninety pounds. Yeah, eighty four or eighty six, something like that. Yeah, so it was eighty seven. If you want to okay. get on the perfect number, I was gonna try to bump you up and say, well, "I'm sorry, I tried." Yeah, no, I tried the uh, Kuyu light lightweight pack. Yeah, for for a while, uh, and um, I don't know. I just it, it wasn't my thing. I but then I got this Kifaro pack, and that thing's been through so much with me. And it it looks like it. Yeah, but I got some good pictures of of all your patches on the wall. Yeah. Oh, I'm gonna add the Bobcat patch now. There you that's go. Fine one. But yeah, no, that pack I've abused it, and it's nothing. Still, ever broken it. Mm-hmm. I mean, not not a stitch came apart. Nothing. Just a phenomenal pack. Yeah. Well, enough with advertising. <laughs> <laughs> no, Aaron's pretty cool. He's got a good podcast. Yes, he does. And he's a photographer too. He's got, and I've seen some of his work. He's he's great photographer. So, yeah. it's definitely you know. Grant, I've never met him, never talked to him, but definitely good product uh, and definitely a cool guy to, to promote. Yeah, I've met him a couple of times. So he probably doesn't remember because I, I used to go to the ATA shows. Okay. He used to go way back when he, when yeah. he was with Brian Cole, but that's like a long time ago. Yeah. he's. I've, I've seen a few of his videos and stuff. He's great archery shooter, you know, in general, yet alone he's taking some, some crazy – you yeah. went on some crazy hunts and biggest thing though i think what his what he's really he needs to be credited for is he teaches he shares experience with other people mm-hmm. and i myself like every every time he does those q and a on instagram stories yeah i f- i flip through those and i read some of the stuff doesn't apply to my style of hunting but some of yeah. it is quite relevant and i always learn from that that q and a yeah thing that he does and i learned a lot from him that's awesome yeah anywho yeah, so, so we can do a quick summary. Yeah, so you've been here for 10 days, roughly, right? Yeah, roughly 10 days, i say. Hunted, I actually, this is day number nine. Okay. So tomorrow I go back home in the afternoon, so it's going to be 10 days in total. We hunted six days, and we didn't have a single day without a bear in a tree. Yeah. That's awesome. Yep. And a bobcat. And a bobcat. I tried to talk him into going to uh, going coon hunting. Yeah, Eric wasn't just too thrilled. But also, truth be told, we fall asleep and then three o'clock the alarm goes <laughs> off. So there's really, really no yeah. opportunity for coon hunting. Yeah, I think it's been two mornings where I woke up by the alarm. Yeah. So those two days I was tired before, but before that, with the time difference, so Sweden would be six hours before. So I woke up at like 2 to 3 a.m. Before the alarm. Before the alarm. And then I was just, okay, I know I'm going to need to go up in 45 minutes, but I'm ready to go. Let's go. Yep. But there were two days where the body needed <laughs> the rest, and then I woke up to the alarm. That's funny. But yeah, it's been an amazing trip. And I really love the mountains Yeah. now. like. And you got to see, like, the only thing you didn't get to see is the fall colors. Yeah, because yeah. again, if you remember all of those mountains, just imagine seeing the the leaves on the trees turn yellow and all those you know, colors. But you got to see some drizzling rain. You got to see some <laughs> fog, beautiful sunsets, beautiful sunrises. Snow. Sunrises, mo- mainly sunrises. Yes. Yeah. <coughs> just gorgeous views. And we did the count, like counting it. Uh, we've been through six states. Yeah. Nice. 
Well, not necessarily hunting them all. No, no, we hunted two states, but traveling. Yeah. 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 You know, you've put some miles on, that's for sure. Both walking and in the and in the passenger seat of Alex's truck. Yeah, man, we spent so much time driving. We talked about some controversial topics, but <laughs> you know, the news, the governments, the, the everything that's going on in the world, and, hunt, and hunting, fishing, and, and of course that and everything yeah. in between. <clears throat> Uh, discussed you a lot. Well, me, <laughs> no, but seriously, we we talk, we discussed everything. Um, but also, the the only thing that's left for Eric to do is to go to Cabela's, or Best Pro Shop, <laughs> one of those bigger stores. Yeah, yeah. We'll We're gonna do, try to get that we'll tomorrow, tomorrow morning, on yeah. the way to the airport. There you go. Yeah, there's one in not far from where from not far from where I live in okay. Northern Virginia. Nice. Yep. Yeah, we'll go there. Good deal. Yeah, I think all in all, it was quite eventful oh yeah 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 like me going here like sure i was i'm not i'm gonna lie if i say i weren't hoping to get a bear but like hunting is hunting right you never know like you can have bad weather for five days and there's nothing you can really do about it so yeah it's been amazing we as alex said we had some rains but like we really didn't have a single day where it was just bad weather Mm -hmm. did it rain a few hours yes but like everything was manageable yeah and uh, just a big difference from like only walking and hunting in like spruce and pine forest with no really steep hills. Like we ov- we have hills, don't yeah. get me and mountains. Don't get me wrong, but they're not as fast going. They're the the train doesn't change so fast. Yeah, like here you walk on a what would you call it a finger or like a top of a mountain. Yeah, reached up, and then it just drops. Yeah, and then. A few hundred yards, it goes up again. Yep. Hey, you just mentioned different trees and whatnot. And I remember you said something when we were talking bobcats. Yep. And by now, you know, I'm I'm now all about bobcats. But I always <laughs> wondered how come, I guess, western and northern cats, bobcats, stay treed longer. And perhaps, well, I don't know if they tree easier, but they are not as jumpy as the ones we have here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then when Eric and I brought brought that up, his first question was, "What kind of trees do they have over there?" Yeah. Uh, what What do you think? What's your theory on that? Well, I think in that part of America, you would have more pine and spruce tree, and it's not as easy for a game to jump from tree to tree. So different trees, basically. Yeah, I think it's that, and it's they, I think they also feel, especially this day, this time of year. You have no leaves, right? Yeah. But spruce will still be fully covered. So I think so they the also cat feel, feels protected. I think there. they feel more protective in a spruce tree. That's a very it, good point. Than it would yeah. be in a leaf tree without leaves. Yeah, yeah. Because a bear, when a bear jumps out, oftentimes it jumps right in the midst of the dogs. Yeah. I don't think a cat would do that. Because if no. it did, it wouldn't last long. No, they, they jump uh, further away from the tree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, well, yeah. And when it's just one tree, like, like the, well... A couple of days ago, whenever that that we treated that cat, it was all thick, and with brush down below to the point where if we were getting closer to that tree, I was like, "Is the bear on the ground?" Yeah, because I briefly scanned the treetops, I didn't see anything. You're not seeing a big black bear yeah, here, exactly. so it's like, <clears throat> and I'm like, "There must be on, on the ground." And then we got closer, and it was not on the ground. And I looked up, and at first I thought it was a raccoon, but <laughs> I'm like, "Something's not right with that raccoon." And I looked closer, and it's a cat. <laughs> but again, it was old brush under like on the ground under that tree. So for, there was nowhere for that cat to jump off and land unless it, you know, jumps and, and gets caught up in the brush, yeah. brush. So that's why I think that particular cat stayed there. And that again, that, well, that's what 
uh, prompted me to think. And then when you asked that question, what kind of trees they got there, it started to make sense. It could be that just different different yeah. trees. Yeah, and they might feel safer in the yeah. spruce then, that yeah. doesn't lose all the leaves. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. Look yeah. at that. Dropping knowledge from <laughs> yeah, need, Sweden over here. We've never been out west, really. Especially, definitely not hunting bobcats with dogs. But we still have our yeah. opinion. <laughs> no, it makes sense. I mean, it, it's a logical you know, thought process, so. Yeah, and I think that's what been one of the best part about this week. We've been hunt we've been talking so well, like we've been talking about other topics as well, but hunting has been the main one. Just comparing as I use Russian European like us, like in Sweden, but I also hunt with West Siberian like us. Just comparing the different hunting cultures and all that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And something that's very clear. I think we touched a bit of this on the top podcast you and me did, Ben, but I think America is a bit lucky. I'm not gonna like don't get me wrong, uh, but like with the access to public land, yeah, like the amount of traveling we did and hunted different locations, there would be a lot of cash in Sweden. Yeah, or you need to like know guys. I guess you can say it's similar here. Like if you know a far- big farmer that has a big few thousand acres, you can hunt there, and no one else can, right? But just that you have access to public land yeah. is amazing. Yeah, because you basically in Sweden everything's a lease. Yeah, everything is a lease. There, well, you could buy small game tag on some of the state land, but then you can only hunt small game. Gotcha. Which would be like capricorn, grouse, and yeah. hare. T- uh, one thing I wanted to, uh, to to bring up in the midst of all that discussions and talking while driving, uh, you described a style of hunting hunting moose with dogs that I've never heard of before. And I thought it was pretty cool and fascinating. In fact, fascinating. <coughs> Where you, uh, the one that with a, what do you call it? A black moose dog, I think you said something like that. Oh, yeah, yeah. The S- Norwegian black moose dog. Yeah, yeah. So describe we, that. I will, okay, so you have some of the Norwegian, I think it would be elk dog, but like... Okay. We don't have elk in Sweden, so yeah, they called moose in, in s- yeah, it would ca- it would be gråhund in Swedish, or it would be svart gråhund, yeah, or svart norsk älghund. In English, it's a Norwegian elk hound or a black Norwegian elk. Yeah, so a black Norwegian elk hound, and that with those, uh, you would have it in a leash, okay, and it will c- silently track the moose for you, and then you would judge how the dog is reacting if it's a fresh track or not. Okay, so then you would pay attention to how the dog is working the track mm-hmm. and then you would know if there's a moose close by mm-hmm. and when the dog gets excited it will never it should never bark so you will just judge on how the tail is moving and how it walks and like showcase with her with the body of the dog that the moose is close by then you would try to sneak in and find where the moose is maybe so better down or feeding yeah. so imagine you're you know the uh, spot and stock no what what we could call it still hunting through the woods yeah with a with a rifle, you're walking, you're stopping, you're, you're going to stay still for a little bit, then you mm-hmm. go slowly for a little lo- further distance, and you stop and wait. Yeah. So, so like, as Clay Newcomb would say, slipping through the woods. Right. So instead of this, you're casually walking with your dog, and then w- finally when the dog reacts, and it tells you by its body language, mm-hmm. then you start really stalking and sneaking. I've, I've heard of that. There's a guy, I think, Australia or something and he trains dogs and has like a little school thing and uh, I ran across him on YouTube and 
No, they're using mostly, I think, bird dogs or, or crosses, you know, random stuff. It's not like it's a certain breed, but mm. they're kind of doing something similar to that, hunting down, like I said, it's either Australia or somewhere, somewhere like <clears throat> down in that area. Right. Yeah, no, I just thought it was... Yeah, it's, but it's cool. definitely different. Yeah. It's definitely it's different. And I, like, don't get me wrong, there's not that many guys do it in Sweden or Norway, but like, there's enough that there's a known breed for it. Uh, yeah. And with hunting trials and all that. And that's the topic we talked yeah. a bit too much about <laughs> with dog pedigrees and dog shows and hunting trials and all that. And the big difference where I would be cocky and say Europe yeah. versus America is like how you do with hunting dogs in general. And if you pay a lot of attention to pedigrees and dog show papers and whatnot, uh, yeah, it, basically what we're talking here is a different approach to breeding practices. Yeah. Uh, so, like, we're talking with Eric, would be nice to have a database of all West Siberian Lycus in this country that would show, to have a system where you can f- field trial, test them, um, and then it would show pedigrees. You can look up the database that's available to pretty much anyone. I agree. And maybe, just maybe, Trevor or Alan's listening to this, and uh, maybe someday UKC could do this. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, we actually talked about that too, about UKC. UK, UKC, yes. But No, but I agree. And, that, and that's not even just West Siberian Lycus for, for anybody, so even for your, your hounds. You know, okay, you hear, you know, somebody, you're, you're scrolling through Facebook and you see some dog, and they're and, a litter of puppies for sale and they're like they tell you what what it's out of but you don't you're not familiar with that dog so then you go to the database you look that dog uh-huh. up you can see what it's won you yep, can see yep. okay and, and even pictures of the parents yeah and it would be like okay and one thing i would think would be interesting is all right this dog is a night champion but this dog's been entered in 40 night hunts to get that night champion or this dog's been in five hunts to be a night champion yeah, yeah. like I would kind of like to know that. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> because it tells me how good of a dog that is, you know. Sure, you can you can achieve something if you try long enough, but if if it comes easier, right, you know, right. yeah. less tries, it, it tells me you got a little better dog here or something. Right. Yeah. But uh, then was like okay, so to create a database like that probably going to cost a few thousand, maybe $10,000 if you want to do it right. Yeah. <clears throat> Who's going to pay for that? People going to pay for it, like people that want to add their dogs to a database or people that are using every time they do a search, it, it's, they pay some small fee to cover the cost of the, creating that database. Mm-hmm. If UKC steps up and does that, that'd be great. Um, just like uh, Eric was telling me that in, in Sweden they have an organization. Yeah, well, Swedish Kennel Club. That yes, yeah, so Swedish Kennel Club that does that, but they yeah. have a membership membership fee. UKC okay. doesn't have that. Mm-hmm. So over there, they they pay, what, what what was it? I think it's like twenty five dollars per year. Per year. So yeah, imagine all UKC members pay twenty five dollars. Then you can year. hire some IT guy to come up with a database <laughs> like that. Exactly. Right? Now, would people be? And then that brings another question: Would houndsmen and hound and, and hunters with dogs be willing to pay twenty five dollars? That's know. a big question. And and something's telling me, and I'll tell you what, that they won't because every now and again I get a. I get a question. Hey, what's going to happen if I cross the, one of your Lycus with my Kerr? Or what's going to happen when I cross one of your Lycus with, with my Feist or a Hound? 
And I'm like, yeah, no, we can't be friends. <laughs> 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 so yeah, for the listeners, please don't. <laughs> don't <laughs> You're don't not fed across up dogs, huh? I mean, that's the whole, I, I guess maybe I'm wrong, but that's the whole point of keeping the breed within the standard. So you get the, expect, the, the consistency is there. You know what to expect. Mm-hmm. Um, with those, with those Lycus, I'd say, well, so I've had three litters out, out of this male, and all the pups, as far as I know, are turning out great. Yeah. So, And that's because this breed remained the same for, who knows, thousands of years. Yeah. Now, I shouldn't say that because it's been changing when the Soviet Union stepped in, uh, and they kind of, well, yeah. But in a, generally speaking, the breed has remained the same for thousands of years. Yeah. And that's where that consistency in, in every litter comes from. There's still an occasional dud, so to speak, but that's more of an exception to the rules. Some like birth defect or something like that, which yeah. can happen um, to any animal. But in general, the consistency is there. Yeah. And <clears throat> but then you you cross cross it with a feist. And you'll get some puppies that will be exceptional. In fact, there are some people on Facebook on those groups, yeah. and they show tailgates full of squirrel squirrels. Yep. That's phenomenal. <clears throat> but what about their pu- the puppies of those puppies in the future litters? Yeah. What, what are they going to be like? Yep. No, and, I understand. And that's where I think, like, from the <laughs> European point of view, is like, if you have a breed, like, we're gonna ignore. We can ignore the fact that like us is probably at least a few hundred or if not thousand years old, they would have been looked similar. Like, But the breed standard is from the 60s. Yes. And since then, it's been the same. And if you go to the Swedish database or the Russian database or the Finnish database, you can track a dog back five, six, eight, ten generations. Yeah. And you can see all the papers, all the dog shows. You can, at least in the Swedish and the Finnish ones, you can see if any dog got any kind of disease, so okay. veterinary information. So if you have a dog that gets seizures or bad hip or anything like that, you can mm-hmm. see that. So then you can see, oh, this this line of blood has 5-10% chance of getting bad hips. So then we're going to not use that bloodline anymore. Okay. And as a breeder, you would contact the breeder, like a breeding group that would... So if you have a female... Then you call up to the these would be the Swedish like a club, and then they're gonna come back with you and tell you we have six males that we think would be a good match for your dog. Okay. And then as an owner, you can either like listen to it or you can pick another male at all. But you need to follow some so some different criterias for the puppies to be recommended by the like a club. Gotcha. And most serious puppy buyers would buy from litters that's recommended by the Laga Club because then they know it's been checked by an outsource or someone else that's not related to the dog Yeah, has judged that this female plus this male should produce good puppies. Mm-hmm. And the inbreeding is low. So it's kind of a mixture of like the German system where they they mandate you doing X, Y, and Z and the Americans of we can do whatever we want. You kind of have this yeah, well, this is recommended, but you don't have to do it. Yeah, and then you would have to submit the way. I want to try this mail instead. And then they're going to say, like, 
as long as there's nothing wrong, they're going to say, yeah. Gotcha. So that, that's, that's, that's been some of the topics yeah. we had. No, I think that's, I think a database would be yeah. very valuable, especially f for breeding and, you know, people that are serious about it and looking at long-term. Yeah. The problem is it costs money. Yeah. Uh, and even I have a, uh, I have some buddies that are in IT, in IT business yeah. uh, industry. And I talked to them and I said, look, it's not, Alex, it's not as simple as you think it is. <laughs> you know, we would love to help you out, but seriously, it's, it's, it's not as simple. It sounds simple. What, what is it, like a database that pulls up a few, like few points of, points of information in a picture? You know, sounds like no big deal, but to, to do it right, I guess it's a lot more involved. Yeah. I don't really know much about IT anymore. <clears throat> so uh, who's going to pay for it? That's the question. No, and that's wh that's why I I said maybe UKC because that would make the most logical sense for them to whether that's off of registration money, yeah. whether that's off of a membership, I don't know. But th and they also have a lot of that information already. Right. Where you know, well, or most of it, anyways. Yeah, they might not have pictures, right? They might not have pictures. They might not have. They, they certainly wouldn't have like veterinary information, right. but they would at least have all the pedigree information yeah. where. If somebody just wanted to create a database, now you've got to outsource. Now you've got to go track all that information down, which would be time-consuming and obviously time is money, so it would be expensive. Yeah, yeah, because it's those databases, the 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 Russian ones. Sometimes I get carried away. It's it's like it's better. It's better than scrolling Facebook. Feed. Oh yeah, you can get stuck for a few hours <laughs> yeah, looking, looking at, at like papers. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah you know, like I would <laughs> click on one of my dog's uh, ancestor and then. And I'll click at his daddy and then so on, sire and so on and so forth. And I end up somewhere with a dog from like 1970-something where I usually go as far back as the pictures, whenever the pictures started yeah. at being added to the database. Or that I guess they didn't have pictures back way back when. Uh, obviously, the database did not exist in 1970s. Yeah. <laughs> what I'm saying is whenever the, the, the database was created, they added... All, all the dogs as far back as they could, and whenever they could find a picture, they would. They, would, they added that, and it's just interesting because, like, I would look at my male, and I see it. I look at his, but the puppies that that he sired, and I would notice certain things, and I'm like, huh, that's interesting. Let me look and see if I can find that same trait in some of his in his bloodline. Yeah, and I go back f like three, four generations, and sure enough, same thing pops up. I'm like, oh, cool. So it came from there. And so that that's just sometimes it's just it, it's fun. Yeah, you know? definitely. But needless to say, it can be really useful when you're like what Eric was telling me on the way here when when we're driving. Like you can go and like let's say you have a female and you want to breed her, and so you want to create a search request: a male three to six years old with these field test results or achievements. Yeah. Uh, with bloodline that's remote enough, so low inbreeding co coefficient, so just certain search parameters. Yeah. And it shows you 25 different dogs that fit your description. And that's then you awesome. can reach out to the owners and be like, hey, I don't know you, you don't know me, but I have a dog that you, we might be, we might have something going on here. Yeah. I mean, how cool no, would that be? And I think that's cool because like, you know, you know, for me, like I don't necessarily promote my dogs in a night hunt or I don't, or I'm not out there, you know, showing pictures of my dog well and eric wants to he can find me through that database or vice versa right. you know it's not like you have to have the top stud of the day 
for somebody to find you. Yeah, exactly. So I think that's yeah. that would be very valuable. That's for sure. I also think it's valuable as a puppy buyer because, like, yeah, well, you can call the owner of the female. You can mm-hmm. call the owner of the male. You can call yeah. other owners of a previous leader. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And in theory, they can always be true, 100% truthful. But the owner of the male might not tell you that four generations ago, that dog left. The dog was biting people. That dog was biting people, or that dog left uh, some sort of uh, sickness that yeah. a few percent might get. Like, yeah, not, might show up. not everyone will mm-hmm. get it, but a few percent will get it. And then you can, like, read how a field judge or a dog show judged created the dog. Was the dog aggressive? Okay. Did it show any, like... And then you, and that's someone else judging a dog. Yeah. Somebody like, outside of it. Yeah. You, I owner. think I think in general, I th- um, you can correct me if this doesn't apply to American hound people or dog people in general or dog hunters, but you're going to have one side that has dogs that's going to say, oh, I only have trash at my leash. Like, uh, we might treat a squirrel or a bear here and there, but like they're, they're no nice champions. And then you're going to have the other side that's going to say they're the best dogs ever. <laughs> And somewhere in the middle probably is the truth. Yeah. And the big plus side I see from outside, when you have someone from the outside judge your dog, is that they should be in, shouldn't be biased. Exactly. You've got an impartial. Yeah, you and, know, it, and it doesn't. Viewpoint. It doesn't even like for for example from my Russian European likers that I have, the trials hunting trials we have right now is as the Russian European like as is part of the moose dog group in Sweden. So the hunting trials I can go for right now is kinda written how you want a Norwegian Alcount or a Yamtun to hunt. So it wouldn't a what? Yamtun, a Swedish Yamtun? moose hound. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, Sorry, I just didn't know what that was. Yeah. No, no, so so this this it's a bigger. It it resembles the the Norwegian, no. uh, like a. In, no, in elk like hound. Cow, elk hound. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, they're kind of. It, it's a bit spits. bigger. But it, yeah, it's, but it's a different size. So, so the hunting trials I can go for with my Lycas would be, they're not made for those breeds, but they're written with those breeds in mind. Mm-hmm. Which means how I want my Lycas to hunt might not give me a full grade. Like I can do a hunting trial and then a top score would be a one score and then two and three and then you zero, which is can't be judged. But I can do a fetal trial, get an unbiased opinion on my dog, and then the judge is going to type a story. Okay. So then maybe as a puppy buyer, if I would breed my young female now, my check, oh, he started the hunting trial. He only got the three grade. But when I read the story of the hunting trial, that's how I want my dogs to hunt. Yeah. Uh, so you, yeah. Can, you, can, you can use the hunting trial, even though I, if I would start my female, there's no realistic way I will get the top score. Mm-hmm. But I will still start it yeah. because to get the unbiased story, this is how the dog hunts. It searches out well, this far. Well, even, you know, with with comparing it to an American system with hounds, you know, a dog has a night champion degree. That is very black and white. That doesn't give you a lot of information. Right. That doesn't tell you how the dog hunts. You know, a dog can be a night champion and you can have you can have a hundred night champions and they could all be different. So, how does that dog hunt? How does that dog handle? Right. And what you like in a dog and what I like in a dog could it's be, be vastly different. different things. And we could both, you know, be looking at the same litter of puppies because they're out of 
night champion dogs. But where I like what you're saying is that, you know, there's well, actually a write-up of... A good example would be my dogs would probably get low score on uh, ranging out and searching. Yeah, before striking a track. Right, because we follow a ridge top with like trap-offs on each side. If my dogs were going half a mile each way, mm-hmm. within the first half hour or hike, they'd be exhausted just climbing up and down those cliffs and mountains. I want them to stay here with me until we, we follow an easy ridge top or trail. And when they do find a track, I want them to have all the energy, not wasted, but preserved, and then go after that bear, engage and tree. Yeah. Um, so the right tap would say, well, this dog stayed at his, his, his feet all the time, but then the bear was in a tree. Yeah. Which not quite what you experienced, but it was just different, <laughs> but you know, um, but so, so someone would, someone that lives in, on flatland be like, no, no, that's not going to work for me. I want the dog to search, you know, range yeah. out, but my dogs don't because if they did in the mountains, in that terrain, they would exhaust themselves. Yeah. Way too quick. No, and, and if you bred your dogs for the next 40 years like that in 40 years those puppies probably won't range you know your your dogs are first generation so a lot of that's probably training more than right more than genetics i'm convinced yeah yeah. but if you bred for that generation after generation after generation you know in 40 years from now those dogs probably won't range yeah you know but see i don't think i'm breeding for that and i I don't because like if i had a dog like my male he used to range he used to drive me crazy because he would what i we used to call he would go on excursions <laughs> he would do just that he would kind of but he was strong so mm-hmm. he could he could afford himself to to run and left and right but now that he's getting more experienced he's getting smart and he's not wasting as much of his energy anymore yeah. um, so that when he but he so typically whenever sever the male took off that means there was something he was chasing yeah where he when he was young he would just go and i would lose him Mm-hmm. Like, am I ever ever going to see this dog? Eventually, he'd come <laughs> back, or he'd go back to the truck. But he was doing that. Will I breed for that next time? No, that wouldn't even. It wouldn't because I know I can train that out. If let's say I get a pub that ranges out, yeah. he will actually train himself out of yeah. this because he's, he'll quickly understand that in this terrain it just doesn't work. Yeah, and I also think like, just in theory, if you would bring Alex pups, or like let's say you would have sever grown up in Europe or in Russia where you have a different where you need a dog to range out mm-hmm. and you wouldn't walk as much as Alex do I'm 100% sure sever would be on 6 800 yeah. yards loops yeah. to search for game but as Alex is just said like he walks the ridge top and then the dogs learn because like us are in that way extremely smart they learn what works to get what they need for the pack so they have learned by now that if we stay kind of close to Alex, mm-hmm. he's going to take us to where we hit the hot trail. Yep. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But at the same time, on Saturday, the first day we hunted with Sever, uh, you said that was one of the first time he really went, because he went three, four miles Could trying be. to chase that bear, probably. Yeah. And then since this day, he... Have done a little bit longer, longer loops. Well, and that's because we ended up killing that. Yeah, first exactly. Bear. And so that's he got a reward. That's your typical yeah. training. You know, yeah. So, so that's the exactly the same. Yeah. That's the exactly the same thing. If if we have a moose dog or like a like at the box, let's say it bays the first moose for two hours and then you shoot it. The next time you wait three hours and you shoot it. But if if it bays up for five hours, then you never go there and shoot it. Then that dog is gonna probably start 
once it gets a day job, it's going to stop baying you for longer than three, four hours. Mm -hmm. So you can kind of control how you want your dog to hunt. If you would leave a dog to bay for 24 hours and then you go there and shoot it the day after, you're going to end up with some, as some of my friends said, where they can't hunt on a Sunday because if their dog finds a moose, they're going to stay at the moose for 20 hours and baying it. And if you're then unlocking and it's on the wrong lease, then you can't go in there and shoot it. Yeah. So then you're going to go in there and you're going to bump it. And then it's going to end up, you need to throw yourself on the dog and try to catch it when it goes over a road. And that's the reason why I have Lycus, because I feel that if I hunt them enough, they're going to hunt the way I want to hunt them. Yeah. They're smart enough to figure yeah, out. Yeah, they're smart enough to figure out how do my pack wants me to hunt. And I think it has to say, like with Bucha, mm -hmm. which I sadly gave a evil name to, so I'm not going to drop that here. But she's gotten much better though. Yeah, yeah. She she was a bit chunky in the start of the week, but well, that's, it's that's because the deer season for Victor, my hunting buddy and my business partner, has been good. And he between him and his daughters, they killed like nine deer. <laughs> nice. And uh, they've been feeding them dogs, and Butcha being the alpha, she would yeah. steal some meat from the other <laughs> dogs, so she gained some weight. So when yeah. Eric came. When he looked at that dog, she's like, "What's wrong with this dog? She's fat." <laughs> she was fat, but she's gotten a little better. Yeah, yeah, but she would stay a lot more closer to Alex than the other two dogs. Yeah, yeah. because she learned like, uh, why would I waste yes. energy? I'm gonna wait for the one in the lower pecking order in the pack. Do the work, leg to work. do to strike to find the uh, fresh track, and then I'm gonna join them. Yeah, but what? So that's what people usually say because they, they they people that came out hunting with me they would ask me. So which one of those dogs do you like the most? And I always say Bucha. And they're like, but why? Because she seems to be staying here. She doesn't seem to be doing any work. But what they don't realize is when, if I was to leave all the dogs home and I take just her, yeah, she'd tree a bear by herself, no problem. But when there's other dogs, she just stays with me. Like I'm not going there. Why would I if they can? If they <laughs> want to do it. Now if if I hear them jump and bark, I'll go in and I'll engage, and that bear is going to be up a tree in no time. So, yeah, she's, is she lazy? Maybe. Maybe it's a little bit of both, smart and lazy. Yeah. Kind of like me. <laughs> I don't think you're lazy. Yeah. I'm, I'm right there, Derek. <laughs> I don't think you're lazy at all. I don't know. Anyhow. But yeah, it's, it's been amazing. And we, awesome. we met some amazing guys as well that have helped with the hunt. They got to shoot some bears. So the one guy that just pulled up his hammock Put yeah. it up and you just chill. <laughs> oh, you, it was the day before yesterday. We had, well, he's a good friend of mine. He's probably not listening. <laughs> <but> <laughs> you hope? Uh, yeah, no. So, yeah, he just stayed. He's like, I'm going to stay with the truck. And uh, he just pulled out a hammock and uh, set up <laughs> and we went off hunting. And he was just, he just chilled there. But then when we got the bear and we dragged him out to the nearest road, the guys ran up the road and because we left a, he actually brought two radios with him and gave us one I think that was his plan along yeah, yeah. he was like gonna I'm going to stay with the truck <laughs> and just relax he did, he couldn't start a fire because it's been so dry and they actually yeah. said there's, it's man. illegal but uh, uh, him and I this friend of mine last year we went out and uh, it was actually snow on the ground and he started a fire while it was you know, taking care of his bear, it felt really nice to have a fire going. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so his his he has a, his unique approach to bear hunting. Uh, anyways, he That's he fun. he knows how to really enjoy bear hunting. Let's put it this way. <laughs> there you go. While we're just suffering there, he, 
he enjoys it. So, I've enjoyed every bit of it, though. So do you think you're going to come back? Uh, yes, I have to. I think we should explore West. Yeah, exploring West America. New Mexico. So that would be an amazing. Out west. There you go. Go after some color phase bears, cinnamon Ooh. color. Yeah. yeah. Would that be? That'd be pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. It would be fun, though, to go back and try to bring one of my dogs with me the next mm-hmm. time. But, yeah, this time around, it didn't feel like doing all the hassle with it. Yeah. Uh, I can understand. But, like, yeah, it would be fun to see how one of my dogs or so would do. It's just taking this, we've all heard that and experienced that, uh, saying that these dogs, they take us to some places that you never thought you would end up. Oh, yeah. And I used to think, like, every time we end up at some waterfall or some cliff. You've ended (coughs) up some crazy, awesome places, that's for sure. But this year, Eric's experience is taking that saying to the next level because <laughs> now the dogs are taking us across the ocean now. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. now we're thinking, well, I don't know, hopefully this now will we're gonna, play We're going to have to do it. Cause, There's no if. Um, we, in in Sweden, uh, they can hunt lynx. Yeah. They have a Eurasian lynx, I guess it's yep. called. So it's bigger than bobcat. Is it bigger than Canada lynx? Uh, I'm not going to But it's a big cat. Yeah, it's yeah, a big it's cat. It's a big cat. And I'm thinking, I, w- I want to take my male and hunt lynx in Sweden. That would be awesome. So that's that, the, you know, places that our dogs take us. Yeah. That's that's taking it to the next level. Well, I definitely want to hear about that if when, when that happens. Well, yeah, I hope it will. Yeah. And uh, Wolverine, Wolverine, I can't even say that word. Uh, <laughs> Wolverine, uh, from what I understand, there's a quota. Yeah. So it's, it's so really I think in a few years, one. the quota might be a bit higher on the Wolverines yeah. because that population but is I'm going kinda, up fast. Yeah, but I, I'd be a little worried about the dog getting hurt. <laughs> I've heard some crazy stories about those things. Yeah. But a lynx, for sure. So there's there's a lot more fun stuff to do out there. And I think Good this deal. is like, it's amazing, as Alex said, where the dog takes us. It's like, if it wasn't for you and me being connected on Go Wild a few yeah. years ago, we would never done the podcast that we did the first time. And yeah. I would never... Li- probably founded your podcast to listen to Alex's story and was like, oh, there's a guy running West Siberian like as a black person in America. I need to talk with this guy. And then... Here you are. A few a year or so go by and here I am. It, yeah, it's been amazing. That's awesome. Well, I know I had a blast yesterday and I appreciate you guys coming up and recording this podcast with me. Yeah, been a blast. Anything else? Nothing that I have right now, I think. No, that's it. Yeah, we're good. Yeah. Oh, no, I got one more thing. <laughs> Are you still recording? Oh, yeah. So I've seen those uh, merchandise, the T-shirts, and what, yeah. what else? You got hoodies? Oh, yeah. Uh, with different dog breeds? Yeah. Um, with your own pictures, right? Your own yep. photographs you took. So there's several people in this country and overseas that were asking <laughs> if there's any chance they might be like a <laughs> shirt We're going to have to work on that. And maybe a plot hound, too. What's up? With the plot, plot hounds, those are cool. They're, they are cool. Um, I don't know. I've got some plot photos, just nothing that I found that was like that one. Okay, but it's not like you're anti-plot no. hounds. No, 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 no. <laughs> okay, <laughs> just making not sure. I, I own, well, I currently own a, uh, a half plot hound and okay, yeah. co-own his father. Gotcha. All right, well, so hopefully we'll, we'll be able to order. Yes. Uh, some, At some, some point, we just got to make sure that with all the, with all the breeds that I've missed... It's just a matter of, do I have a really good photo of that right. breed? Gotcha. Yeah. So, cool. 
Well, that's exciting. We'll wait for, for it to come out, and I'm sure well, there'll be people interested. You're the one that's got to have, have to help me make it happen. So. We'll make it happen, yep. <laughs> There's a lot of coon hunting we can do and yep. other fun stuff. Definitely. So like Alex just said, I do have some new merch. There is a Treeing Walker shirt, a Blue Tick shirt, a Redbone shirt, and a Black and Tan shirt, plus the old original design that's ambiguous, doesn't have a breed per se. Uh, so... Check them out at treetalking.com. Also check out sponsors, Conkeys, W, and Full Cry. Uh, we're getting close to deadline, so I'm not sure if you if you order anything now, what you'll get before Christmas, but definitely check them out. Thank you. You can find me on Facebook and Instagram at treetalkingmedia. And until next time, keep them talking in the timber.